following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. We have a couple more Sundays to spend in the Gospel of John. And um, last week we started to look at the stories of Jesus appearing to his friends and disciples after the resurrection and their responses to those appearances. If you can imagine what that might be like, uh, you probably can't. It's very hard to imagine that sort of thing. And their responses were really interesting and I think had a lot to offer us as we think about what Jesus might say to us and uh, what he might ask of us. And I told you last week that we were going to talk about his appearance to Thomas today. That was an error. That's going to be in two weeks. We're going to conclude the whole series with the story of Thomas on July 10th. Today we're going to continue with his appearances to the other disciples, but it does mean we jump ahead past the story of Thomas. So if if uh, you pay close attention, you'll notice that Thomas appears in these stories, um, and you may wonder what's going on. It's because I skipped the end of chapter 20. We're going to do chapter 21 today, and then come back and finish it in two weeks. But last week, we looked at two appearances of Jesus to his disciples. We looked at the emotional state that those friends and disciples were in prior to his appearance. We looked at what Jesus said to them to address the state that they were in, the emotional state that they were in. And then we looked at the task that Jesus gave to those disciples going forward. And this week, um, we're going to look at the stories of these appearances in a slightly different way. I'm going to try to connect you to these stories in a few different ways, because as always, the work for us in looking at the scriptures, and I think particularly these uh, gospel stories with Jesus right there in front of us, is to see ourselves in the stories, right? Sometimes we might not want to imagine ourselves being certain characters in the stories, but sometimes we are those characters. Sometimes we might aspire to be like a character in a story, and sometimes we might even reach that goal. But we want to imagine Jesus with us, teaching us, speaking to us, challenging us, healing us, commissioning us, to think about how we might respond to that. So in today's gospel reading, uh, which actually is the entire chapter 21 of of John's gospel, um, there's two appearances that take place, kind of. It's really sort of one, but he has a little sidebar at the end. So he starts by appearing to a whole group of disciples, and then he has this experience with them. And then he has a little sidebar just with Peter. And, and John is kind of like within earshot maybe, or at least he's within sight. But it's just mostly Jesus and Peter. And here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to look at these passages in separate groups because there's way too much to do, like um, all of, everybody do all of it. So you're going to get to look at one of those two stories uh, in the next few minutes actually in, in conversation with each other, right? And so we're going to break the room into two, two parts. So this side of the room is going to talk about the first half of the story, which is Jesus appearing to several disciples. And this half of the room is going to talk about Jesus and Peter. And what I'll encourage you to do is to, when, when the time comes, is to find um, the right-sized group of people for your comfort level, all right? Um, that might be two whole rows, it might be you and one other person that you already came with and you already know. It, it might, might be you by yourself because you do not like this type of assignment at all. All, <laughs> all right. Where am I going? Okay. I see you. I love you. I'm glad you're here. And I promise I won't do this for several more weeks, okay? <laughs> at least. At least. Um, 
So feel free to find whatever group size works best for you. And uh, this side of the first half, this side of the second half. I'm going to tell you to look for certain things as you uh, talk about the story together. You're going to get 10 minutes with your groups to talk about it. And then each story is going to get 10 minutes of reported back from the people who discussed it. Okay? So here's, I want to look for three things in these stories. And Corey, you can be coming forward because you're going to do the reading for us in just a minute. And that will encourage me to go more quickly than I'm going right now. First of all, what emotions or physical experiences are in the story? In other words, who feels what in this story? That's the first thing. The second one is, what connections are in this story to past events? Either in the Gospel of John, if you remember some of it, even though we've been doing this for 10 years now, and some of it was a long time ago, or anywhere else in the Bible. Here you might sort of rely on the people who know the Bible a little bit better. Um, maybe they were raised in the church and did sword drills or that kind of thing. But connections to past events or other, event, other parts of the story. And then thirdly, my favorite one, what questions do you have after reading? Because if, we, if I do my job as a pastor, I'm helping you to find better questions rather than giving you all the answers all the time. So... Feelings, physical or emotional, connections to other parts of the stories, and questions. And I promise that I will not answer any of them. <laughs> okay, so Corey's going to come and read this entire chapter for us. Thank you very much for being willing to do that. Just so that you don't have to then read it again in your group. So after Corey reads, um, you can go into your groups and start your conversations. Thank you. A reading from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 24. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but, the, but that night they caught nothing. <clears throat> Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dare to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. <clears throat> 
Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them. And we know that his testimony is true. But there are other, there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Corey. Uh, so did you see where the, the passage broke there? This, the changed on screen a little bit? I think it's after verse 14 for this side and 15 to 25 on this side. So again, uh, we're looking for uh, feelings, connections, and questions. And if you're in Zoom, um, you, can, you can do this by chat. Uh, and I will try to monitor the chat if you have responses to uh, the stories as well. So... Um, let's do it. Ready to go? I'm going to start a timer. Go ahead. All right. So let's start with the group on my left, your right. Uh, and this was the story of Jesus appearing to the group of disciples and the, the, the fishing expedition, right? So, um, Remember, we're looking for feelings, emotional or physical, connections to other past events, and uh, questions that you have. You can do those in any order you want. Who would like to share something that your group uh, uncovered? I think I see a hand at the very back, which is uh, fitting since I did not put the microphone. I put it at the front. Uh, this was not the first time Peter jumped out of a boat to go to Jesus. Okay. Oh, what a great connection. This is not the first time Peter jumped out of a boat to go to Jesus. It might be the first time he had to put clothes on first. <laughs> okay, that was your question, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else wonder why Peter was fishing naked? Sometimes the Bible contains mysteries. <laughs> it's just... um, one of the other um, translations that I read, it's a transliteration, so it kind of adds a little more um, commentary maybe said that it was that he had stripped down to work. I'm not sure why that's better than having a tunic on, but and especially I don't know why it's better to swim in a tunic, but I don't have the answer to that question. Thank you for asking it though. Okay, Ken has a note. 
Ken has a, a study Bible on his uh, iPad and often has Okay, and I will say it into the microphone so everybody can hear me. Uh, oh, crud, and of course now I've gone and lost it. Um, but basically, uh, verse 7, come on, oh, forget. Anyways, it said that, uh, yeah, I guess Greeks, people had no problem with being naked. Religious Palestinians or Jews probably did, and so he likely stripped down to his inner garment or yeah. might have had a loincloth on. Sure. And, it's, and it says the, uh, the word that, that they used to say he got dressed was, uh, uh, it, it implies that he, he probably just quick wrapped his outer garment, tied it around his waist and jumped in. Okay. Well, there you Plus, have it. And, and they were talking about, you know, being a tough fisherman, you know, <laughs> go swim. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's, it's all interpretation. I'm guessing this is not the most important part of this story to our spiritual insight today. <laughs> Um, which is not to make fun of you for reading that. I, please don't take it that way. I didn't mean it that way at all. But yeah, it is interesting. And listen, part of the reason we do this is to kind of play around with it. You know, like what's you're in the wrong group. You can't answer right now. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> yes. TMI, John. We 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 did not need to know. So we kept seeing all kinds of connections that kind of added up to. Jesus is redoing a bunch of stuff that Peter and they've done before. Okay. So the sense is not it ended at the crucifixion resurrection. It's that we're still going. This is not over. Yeah. Can you name one of one or two of the things that Jesus redid there? Uh, it was like a mirror image of Peter's first calling uh -huh. and the uh, sitting down to share bread and fish. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, um, Where else do we see other? bread and fish in this gospel story? Did you have? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a meld of it's a melding of the Last Supper and the prayer, Sermon on the Mount, hmm. because he's feeding the disciples, breaking bread with them, but he's feeding them bread and fish yeah. from from the the Sermon feeding the of the five thousand. Yeah, yeah, the miracle, the miraculous feeding. What else? Um, feelings, connections, questions. I noticed that he called them children, mm. which I don't know if he's ever done that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, he calls them children. There would be a, this is going to sound like I'm being snarky, it's not at all, but there is an easy way to find out if he's ever called them that before. Um, and this is where like, like online Bibles are really great because you can just restrict it to the book of John, look up children and say, where did this happen before? Where did he say this before? But it's an interesting thing to think about why he might have chosen that term. One question or observation is Peter was excited to see Jesus, but he also knew that he denied Jesus three times yeah. in the night of the trial. So I'm yeah. thinking, how could he be so excited to see Jesus when he, he's not sure of what his relationship is like yet? Yeah. So I'm not sure what the feelings are. It's a, it's, it's a quandary. Right. Thank you, Ed. So ha have you ever had a fracturing of relationship with somebody and... Then you haven't seen them for, let's say, three days. <laughs> right? And then you see them at a party or like the grocery store. You're like, oh, the grocery store, really? Of all places, you're going to be here now, right? Yeah, it's an awkward, awkward experience. A very human experience, though, which is one of the things I love about looking for emotions in a story like this. Are you also going to chime in from the other side of the room? Thank you. I love it. Oh, okay. Oh, you have, so you have something from your passage. So let me ask you to put a pin in it. You'll go first, okay? All right. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm really uh, fiery today. <laughs> I'm being, being mean and sarcastic. Our, our group was wondering if there was any symbology to the right side of the boat from cultural symbology any, or something. Yeah, wow, yeah. I would wonder that too. I also find that it's, that part of the story extremely amusing because they're like fishing with a net, assumingly, uh, presumably on the left side, and he's like, "Try the right side of the boat." And they're like, "Okay, Jesus, <laughs> I'll put the net over here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, humor you exactly. They must have. What else? We have. I, I didn't start my timer in time, but we have maybe a minute or two left on this one. Well, every boat has a wall down below. I'm it. sorry, I can't quite hear what you said. We were talking about the left-right side of the boat as well. How, oh, okay. how every boat has a wall right down the bottom of it. Yeah, of course. right, because all the way down to the sea floor. Why 153 fish? Why 153 fish? Yes, you know, sometimes there's these specific details in the stories, and it it makes you wonder, like, what what is going on here? Um, yeah, as a if we were doing literary criticism, we might call this verisimilitude, right? The, like the very specific details, like the, the color of the rust on the, on the knight's chain armor in the Canterbury Tales or something. Like that specific detail is interesting on, from a literary standpoint. Does it advance the narrative in any way? I don't know. It's a, maybe it makes it more believable to have that kind of specific thing in there. I don't know. All right, anything else from group one? Yeah. It seems like Peter immediately realizes this is a miracle. Mm. He, the minute they catch the fish, he says, "This is the Lord. It yeah. is the Lord." Yeah. Um, so it's like you're pointing out. Sure, we'll just cast it over here. But the minute they catch 150 fish, they can't even haul in the net. Yeah. I don't know that it's because he realizes it's the Lord visually, but mm. the miracle itself. Yeah, you know. And I wonder if there's, now that you're saying that, thank you, I'm wondering if there's a connection between, like I'm joking about it, like they're humoring him, like what is he, what is his purpose in telling them to do that? Well, maybe his purpose is in like, con, like making them realize this is about to be a miracle. So it's not just that suddenly the fish started to appear. You actually did something when I told you to, yeah. and then... Yeah. Yes, and they have a participation in the miracle as well, yes. Sometimes there's this moment of obedience to something you don't understand that precedes God's blessing. If I were going to write a sermon about it, I might say. Yeah, last, last thing, and then we'll go to group two. Okay. Ken says that Jesus does call the disciples children during the Last Supper. Did you search the entire Gospel of John? Did you search the entire Gospel of John? Is that the only other instance? That's okay. Were there other instances of children in the Gospel of John that you saw? Um, a lot. The Gospels are 60 references to children. Yeah. And John probably 15. Okay. So we could, look, we could look up a list of maybe 15 times the word children appears in the Gospel of John and see what else is going on there. That's a way to study the Bible. It's a great way to study the Bible, especially if you find a word you're like, I wonder what's going on there. Sometimes the author has some intent that you only uncover when you, when you kind of look at it more comprehensively. Yeah, other, other expressions that include children, yeah. Thank you. All right, so group two, we're going to start with Mariana, because I cut you off before. Thank you for being patient with my snark. 
you said you had something that was related to they said that what they said but was in your story. Go ahead. Yeah, so we talked about um, how with the redeeming and sort of looking back on past things, how Peter, when Jesus said, he was like, do you love me? It was three times, which sort of symbolizes back to the three times Peter denied him. Um, and I've just looked at it always as looking at how um, Jesus is restoring. And Peter's like, you know that, like, you know everything. And it's one of those things where like, yes, maybe God knows that you love him, but do you know that mm. it's okay what what you did. And I think yeah. what's great is he's telling him the follow is like, feed my sheep. And so he's telling him like, all you need to do is love me to serve me. Not that yeah. you did in the past. I've redeemed that. And so that's something we were like looking back on, you know, maybe the guilt or shame that Peter might have held as we were saying, there was broken relationship before. And so that's how Jesus responds to him immediately after. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love that connection between the number three Three times Peter denied Jesus, and so Jesus basically, he didn't come out and say it three times that I forgive you, but he he required Peter to say I love you three times as if to erase each of the three denials. It's really, really cool. Um, I see two hands here, but somebody else has the microphone first. Let's go with... Yeah, I, my question was... They recognized him by the miracle, not by appearance, which you get being offshore, but then it says like when they're sitting around eating, nobody asks him, are you Jesus? And I'm just thinking, if I sat down to lunch with you, of I wouldn't ask you because I could tell it was you by how you look, not by what you did. And I'm just wondering if there's something in these appearances of Christ that we start getting into, like the cosmic Christ, as mm. opposed to the physical Jesus that they knew for three years. Yeah. It's just some speculation. I think it's a great question that you could easily just kind of fly past, but they still, they know it's him, but they don't want to ask him. Why would they have to ask him if they know it's him? There's something going on with his appearance there. There must be. That is the way I read that, which is a really interesting thing to think about and maybe explains why other disciples don't recognize him either. I'm going to go to Laura first and then we'll come to Corey. This was our group kind of picked up on um, the same thing with the number three and the connection to the denials. But part of the, this is both a feeling and a question. And he, it says, the passage says that Peter was, he felt hurt hmm. um, by Jesus's, you know, continued repetition. It doesn't seem to, you know, he, he doesn't seem to understand or clue in to like, oh, I was the denier. I said, I no, I would never deny you. I denied you three times. You're asking me three times. But yet he felt hurt that mm. Jesus would continue to ask him and require him to, to say that over again. Yeah. So that was interesting that he didn't seem to be make me making the connection. It wasn't like, oh, he felt mm. he you know, it doesn't seem to say that he and he doesn't certainly apologize or Lord forgive me or any of that. It was again that he felt hurt. So that was interesting. Yeah. I wasn't sure what that meant. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're saying that it makes me think of the the way that people react. So there's people who respond to things like really fast. I think Peter's actually one of those people. Like, I'm going, right? And then there's people who are more deliberate about it. But there's almost a tortoise in the hare fable kind of experience with some sometimes with people like that. So the people who instantly know and like go right away, uh, when they find out that they're wrong about something, it takes them even longer than the other people to come back around to realize it, right? I'm totally um, extrapolating from both the text and what you said, but I, as an as a observer of human experience, I think that's really 
fascinating to see that somebody who is so lightning quick to make decisions, even very rashly sometimes, is having such a hard time understanding why Jesus is requiring him to slow down and say, I love you, three times. Yeah. Thank you for that observation. Go ahead and bring the mic to Corey, if you would. We noticed, and it was we just thought it was very interesting, that after uh, Peter says, I love you, three times, he pulls a classic Peter move and says, what about John? Yeah. <laughs> what do, what's the deal with John? Yeah. And I think it's funny because you can sense the sense of jealousy a little bit because mm-hmm. John's often referred to as the one Jesus loved or almost like his, his best friend. And, and Jesus yeah. kind of almost like I could just feel him like rolling his eyes like we just talked about this. And just, and just say it. And it's almost like saying, yeah. you know, kind of rebukes him and says, don't worry about John. John's got his own thing to do. Yeah. Peter, I told you, you're the rock. I'm building my church on you. Yes. Focused on that. Yeah. I thought we found that was particularly interesting. And the other thing that we saw that was that really kind of connected with us was the idea that, that Jesus says, you know, tend my sheep, you know, feed my lambs. And it's almost very vague and mm-hmm. broad. And I think that's by design because we felt like, you're going to be asked to do some things as you go out through my ministry that you're going to have to question and you're not going to be having rules and laws written down. You're going to have to decide, is, is this the way of Jesus? Yeah. And I felt like we felt like there was that and also like a, almost like a counteraction to almost the elite Jewish hierarchy that was always like, you got to do X, Y, Z. And if you don't do X, Y, Z, you're out of the club. So yeah. we yeah. thought that those were some of some interesting points that we came Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. So sort of a, a meta question in there is, he says, uh, if it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die. And that kind of raises the question that every Christian asks. So if I follow him, will I not die? Yeah. Hmm. Also, uh, when uh, Jesus answers um, Peter, he doesn't, he doesn't say, I know you love me. He, what he answers was, saying it is easy. Yeah. Doing it is something else. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to say you love Jesus, you probably ought to be doing something that demonstrates that love, too. Yeah. What a great point. Thank you. We didn't get to really talk about it in our, in our group, but just on the, we did talk about the, giving him the broad commission, the very vague commission of feed my sheep, mm-hmm. um, tend, my, tend my flock. Um, and there, we didn't talk about it, and it was confusing to me, especially at first, who was even saying it to who about the, you when you were younger, you, you put on your own belt and went whatever you wanted, and but then when you're older, you have to stretch out your hand and someone's got to help you. And, yeah. and thinking more about it, it's it's kind of relating to that of both like, Peter, you're, you're great, you're going to found the church, but you can't be that young man anymore. Mm. You know, you, this, I'm giving you this this giant task. You're going to have to accept help. You can't just run out and lead by running out and being the first. Yeah. You know, maybe to think, maybe accept some help. Or, you know, you, you can't just do whatever you want. You've got great ideas, but you can't just do whatever you want anymore because I've got bigger mm. work for you to do. You can't just get away with that anymore. Yeah. It's just kind of like stuck in there and it has nothing else to do with the sheep or the fish. And it's just this random bit about belts. Yeah. About belts. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so we probably need to wrap up here, but I want to just acknowledge, I appreciate that some of you 
brought in the the idea of Jesus saying, I'm going to found the church on you, Peter, which is not in this story, but it's elsewhere. Jesus changes his name from Simon to Peter, um, which is the Greek word for rock, Petros, right? Which is why Petra means rock was such a great uh, Christian rock and roll album title. <laughs> if not a great album. Um, but so that's, that's bringing in that knowledge from other, other parts of the Bible, which is something that not everybody can do at the same level, but I want to encourage you that you don't have to be able to do that in order to find meaning in the Bible. We've had, um, I think, some real meaning just thinking about what it means to be human and to be with Jesus, and in thinking about um, how funny these stories can be. I, if, there's, if you take nothing from this day, please take this. You are allowed to play around with the text and have fun with it and to laugh at it and to wonder what's going on here and to, and to be um, not so serious about it all the time, which I think is one of the ways that we sort of you know, crush it <laughs> because we're trying to protect it too much or, you know, we don't let it shine. So, all right. Thank you all for your great insights and questions and um, observations on, the, on these texts. And we will be back in two weeks for the f- conclusion of the series, which is the story from the end of John 20 of Jesus appearing to Thomas. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.